Wow. For those of you who are visiting here for the first time, I just want to let you know that at this church, we love our kids. We believe in them. I thank our pastor who allows children to minister and serve on a Sunday morning. So if you get anything else out of tonight, know that this is a church that truly loves enjoying God, building healthy families, and serving others. And in our eyes, it starts in the life of a child. So I just have to say one more time, we have to give it up for these kids. They were amazing. <laughs> And I want to tell you that work, what they work so hard to do and practice so long to do is to give you a picture or a symbol of something that you could take with you this morning. Can somebody grab my candy cane? I think I left it over there. <laughs> so, a symbol of something that you could take with them, you this morning. You know, and it's not too far-fetched, right? I'm not going to over-spiritualize it. The legend of the candy cane is a story that's been passed down. We don't have anything to verify it or validate it. We're not trying to super-spiritualize it just to give you a picture. And if you think about it, we have pictures all over, right? We type on our text, LOL, laughing out loud, PIR, parents in room, you know. <laughs> you didn't think I knew that one. That's right. All right. So, <laughs> but, but we do that, right? We have symbols everywhere. We have like, I think, I don't know, they're like those little emotional symbols. They smile and they go, ah, and like all those faces that symbolize how we're feeling, right? We have pictures in our cars that say when the gas is low, the tank comes on and we know what that means, right? I don't know about you, but I really stress when I see that light come on. Okay. So we know what that means. If I were to show you a picture of a heart, you would know I was talking about love. If I showed you ribbons in a formation like this that are pink, breast cancer, red, AIDS, right? They're pictures and symbols to remind us. If we showed you the Statue of Liberty, you would say, oh, that's a picture and symbol of freedom, right? The cross, Jesus. But this weekend, a symbol that we've all been touched by are the flags that have been hanging at half-mast because of the terrible tragedy that happened in Sandy Hook School in the town of Newtown, Connecticut, right? We know they're flying because of that ter terrible tragedy. So this morning, would you allow me just to talk a little bit about symbols in a message that I've titled, What Does It Mean? And the symbol that we want to give you today is of the candy cane. And what is it? It's a relationship with Christ. So I'm going to break it down for you today. This candy, it's hard. So what does it represent? It represents that my God is strong, that he's solid. In Psalms, it says, Psalm 31, 3, since you are my rock and my fortress, for the name of your, for the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. It represents that he's strong. But what does it mean to me? What it means is that I'm going to go through hard stuff. Things are going to happen that I don't always understand. It means that sometimes I'll be troubled and weak and desperate. You know, just as I was preparing for this sermon, I called my dad. Some of those who know me would say, why'd you do that? But I called my dad, right? And we got into a 
big argument. Dad, if you're listening, I love you. We got into a big argument, right? And I won't go into the details of it, but I just started to cry. And I cried and I cried. And I said, you know, God, sometimes you ask me to do hard things. You ask me to do things that I think are not fair. Sometimes you ask me to believe when it seems impossible. And I want you to know on Saturday when the children gathered here to practice, the first thing that they did was they prayed for those children and those families that were affected. And one prayer caught my attention because one of the children said, God, no matter what, let them know that nothing is impossible with you. And it wasn't words that we gave them. They said that. So there are things that are going to be hard and difficult, right? And I sat there and I began to cry. And then I was thinking, oh, what am I going to call this thing? And I, I called a friend and my friend Stacy, in the middle of all of it, she says, Mo, do you live under a rock? I'm like, what do you mean do I live under a rock? She goes, didn't you just hear what happened? Of course I didn't hear what happened. I've been sitting here trying at the computer all day, trying to put it all together. She said, Mo, lives have been lost. So after crying, I cried some more because I said, God, here we are highlighting our kids. Some of those children may not get to participate in their, in their Christmas presentation. They won't get to open the gifts that are under the tree. So God, if I needed help now, if I needed you to be the rock ever before, I need it now to help me to have words when I have no words. So I cried out. So what does it mean? It means that I have to know that this solid rock is greater than my problem. It's stronger than my situation. Because I can stand up here from experience and say, it might not seem like it right now, but God's going to bring you through it. Why? Because he has provided for me when I was pregnant and alone. Because he has supplied for my family financially. I was raised by a single mom. I didn't have it all easy. Sure, I didn't struggle with drugs. I didn't struggle with alcohol. That wasn't my thing. I'm a chicken, so I don't like to do things that maybe would hurt me. Um, so that wasn't my thing. But I do know what it's like to struggle with an eating disorder. That I know. I know what it's like to not feel good about how you look. That I know. So I said from my experience, God, when you delivered me financially, when you delivered me physically, when I was scared of my life, for my life, of how I would raise a child with special needs, you delivered me, you supplied, you provided, you were the solid rock on which I was able to stand and keep going. Let's keep going. If you open this peppermint, right? It's a peppermint. I know, who likes spearmint? Okay, well, this is peppermint. So, but you know what? If you open it, it has flavor. There's a taste to it. And I can tell you from experience, it tastes really good to serve God. You know, so many times people say, I can't go to church. I can't serve God. I had a good friend and she said to me, Mo, but if I serve God, do I have to give up clubbing? If I serve God, no, and she was real serious. Right? So for those of you who are here who are worried that I'm going to tell you, you got to give this up. You got to stop this. You got to, I want to just let you relax. I'm not going to ask you to do that because that's not my place to do that. 
But what I am going to give you is a symbol of something that you can have and what I want to encourage you to do. And I told her, listen, don't worry that you live with somebody. Don't worry that you like to go clubbing. Right now, I want to just show you a relationship with God. Can you just get to know him? Can you begin to read about him? Can you put yourself in a place where you could learn? Because I know he's been the answer for me. And I love for you to have that same joy, that unspeakable joy that these girls were dancing about, that the kids were singing. Oh, my greatest joy would be that you would say, oh, come, Emmanuel. And that name means God with us into my heart. Then, I, that's all I want for you. That's all I ask of you today, to ask yourselves, would you let him in today? But I have to warn you that sometimes when you let him in, he begins to change you. All of a sudden, certain things don't look the same. So I have to give you that warning. You know, changes may occur. Okay? And it's, so I have to tell you that because I want to be open and honest. But relax here. No one's going to ask you to change. No one's going to ask you to do everything different. But we would love to show you an awesome and wonderful God. Okay? And some of you may say, well, where is the, the flavor? Where's the goodness of the children that have been lost? But I challenge you today to say, why are we surprised when godless people do godless things? Why does that surprise us? You know, we have taken God and we've made it as a society almost something dirty. You know, uh, God is a set of rule books. God is, is judgment. God is, and, and God is a judge, the ultimate judge. But we've, we've said all these things, you know, we've taken God out of the schools. We've allowed liberties and liberties and liberties without the thought of repercussions of the liberties, right? We live in a world where everything is okay. Just do whatever you want to do, right? We live in a world of terrorism. We should not be surprised when the ungodless do ungodless things. What we should be surprised at is when the godly do ungodless things. So I can't speak to the nation, but can I speak to you today and say, can we pray for the first responders? Can we encourage those families? Can we, you know, lift them up in our prayers? Can we not judge? Can we not, you know, I'm hearing all this talk that people are so angry at people with autism. Oh, it's the people with autism. It's the people with Asperger's. It's the people. Can we not point our fingers at a disability? Can we not point our fingers at a parent? Can we not do that? Can we? Okay. And can we just begin to love and encourage and bring peace and bring restoration and bring joy? What we, those who identify as Christians should be doing. Can we do that today? Because, thank you, Tony. Right? Many times, you know, it's interesting. The flavor is like an exotic flavor. If you think that Christianity is boring, I have to tell you, I've had more fun being a Christian than I did when I was in college. And it's the honest truth. It's, I have laughed harder, partied harder. And if anybody was with me at Addie's wedding, you know that I danced and danced and danced until I couldn't dance anymore. Yeah, I said that. I did. And you know what's great? I can't dance. And they let me do it anyway. But anyway, so I've had a really, really good time. Your walk with Christ, I promise you, will never, ever, ever, ever be boring. Might be difficult, but I got to tell you, because sometimes we focus on the difficult. 
Oh my gosh, there's nothing. And people who are here who have experienced this, if you have felt when God comes through at the last minute with money that you didn't have to pay rent, right? When you didn't have a vehicle and all of a sudden somebody goes here, take mine. You know, when people are moved to a place that you could say, how could they do that? That has to be the presence of God in their lives. You know, I, I was listening to a father who lost his child in one of those first grade classrooms. And he said, I was on 1010 wins and he said, let this moment not define us, but let it move us towards compassion, towards love. That's not me saying it people. That's a father who has to bury his child saying, let it move us. So this morning I'm going to take you to what the colors represent because there was a sacrifice that was made for us. And that last sacrifice was a sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The red and the white. What does it represent? The white represents that he's pure, that he's holy. The red represents the blood that covers me. Because, you know, I'm not perfect. I mess up. I, I Honestly, I'm one of those godly people that sometimes do ungodly things. I got to be honest. Sometimes I don't say the right words. Sometimes I'm not sensitive. Sometimes I am judgmental. But I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus, that I can cry out and say, God, forgive me and help me to do it better each and every day with each. And it's not an excuse, but it's my way out. All right. So I'm thankful for those colors. What do the stripes mean for me this morning? The stripes are a wake up call. They're a wake up call for me. They're a wake-up call that I would every day take up my cross and follow him to try to be light, to try to be comfort, to try to be joy, to try to give counsel, to try to be everything I can be as a symbol of who he is in me. This morning, there were lives that were lost in that school, and it hurts. I cried. When I watched my daughter up here, I got teary-eyed, right? Many of you know she was a preemie and how I struggled during that, my first baby and, and how we struggled. And when I saw her dancing, I got emotional because I knew that I would try to say some words where there are no words for parents who wouldn't live to see that. But I wanted to be a wake-up call for us this morning Guys, how are we raising our children? What are they spending time doing? And I looked at myself. Do I teach my kids about God? Sure I do. But do I do it as much as they spend time watching Disney on TV? No. And I'm the children's pastor. Okay, so let's make that clear if you didn't know. Okay. Do I pray with them? Yes. When they were little, oh, we used to have devotional times, we, which means that we used to pray with them at night read a little piece of Bible. We used to pray. They used to pray. My husband and I, we did this together, right? We would walk out. Nowadays, I've come to, all right, Hannah, good night. Love you. Don't forget to pray. And I'm out, right, to do something else. Let it be a wake-up call. Let that, those lives be a wake-up call to us to love one another to really build into our children and pour into our children because tomorrow is never promised. 
Let it be a wake-up call that we are tired. I heard President Obama say it. It's happening too much. So I encourage us today, let's wake up. What's priority in our home? You know, we say we need an answer, but all we do is we keep putting our Savior in the closet. Right? We say, and I'm going to come to this, the shape. The shape is of the shepherd's staff, right? A crook. And what does a shepherd do? He comes after us. He guides us. He leads us. But we've taken prayer out of the school. Right? So only those that come to church can read. And many times people look at the Bible as a, as a death sentence. But those things that were in there that said beware are not there to harm you, to hold you back. They're there to, to help you, to keep you safe, to keep you well. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Would you join me this morning in doing something that we don't typically do? Could we have a moment of silence just to remember those lives, to lift up those families? And even for those overseas in our military that are serving to keep us safe. Can we have a moment of silence? And children, I'll ask you to join. Just a moment of silence. Father, I thank you that those children are in your presence to suffer no more. I ask you, O oh God, to be with those families, to be with the school as they rebuild, Lord God. Let this be a symbol of an awakening God, of a calling out for a Savior, Lord Jesus. Amen. The J represents Jesus on Savior. Many times when things happen in our lives, right? We say, God, why? Where's God? But all along, and if we're honest with ourselves, we're not seeking God. We're seeking ourselves. And we put him in a closet. We take him out of the schools. We say, we don't want you. We don't want that. We don't want religion. And, and remember, our symbol is for a relationship today, not religion. But we don't want this. But then, as soon as something happened, everybody says, where's God? Well, you told God to leave a long time ago. You said you didn't need him. You didn't want him. He wasn't important. But you know what? The reality is, and we struggle with this, and, and I know pastors across the nations are struggling. Our pastor came in troubled with this. God could have stopped it. If God chose, he could have stopped it. But where do you draw the line? 
stop this, stop this, stop this. It was never God intent, God's intent that we should walk in, in sin, that we should walk in harm, that things should get to this condition. He created a beautiful garden for us. And for those of you who weren't here, after the shooting in Aurora, in the movie theater, our pastor preached a message why bad things happen to good people. And I'd encourage you to go on our website and look at that. But where do you draw the line? And if God did that, if every wrong thing God stopped, where would be the freedom that he set us free for? Where would be our decision to make choices? We would just be robots. That's all we would be, was robots. But God from the beginning has given us a choice, has given us free will, has given us many, many, many opportunities to serve him. You know, and I'll ask the worship team to come. I picked this candy cane and I said, oh, at the end, I want to take this one because it's big. <laughs> yeah, and I'm kind of a big woman, so I like big things. But anyway, it's big, right? So I want the big one. But I noticed something about this candy cane. I'm going to put for a minute. I hope it works, but. Pardon me for the minute. This is not going to look pretty. I wanted this big candy cane, right? But when I held it, I noticed something about it. It's all broken inside. And can I be honest with you and say that sometimes I felt like this in the past year? God has taken me to a whole new place in my relationship with him. Why? Because I've struggled financially. I've struggled sometimes in my marriage. Because I've been arguing with my dad. Because I lost my aunt. Because I feel like I have no family. Like sometimes I can't complain to my friends because they're tired of hearing the same old nonsense. I don't want my husband to get upset. <laughs> I don't... Oh God, but can I tell you that when I get to that place, <laughs> God says, here, I got a new one for you. <laughs> and it doesn't have cracks and it tastes good and it'll taste even better because now you'll appreciate it, right? Now you'll hold on to it. Now you'll take care of it. <laughs> so maybe you are a Christian and you look so nice on the outside but if I were to open you up for whatever reason your pieces would come crumbling down this morning if that's you can I give you a new one today can you come up can we pray for you I'm gonna ask you to come if that's you Some of you may have thrown this relationship away. You may have served God once before and you may have tasted it say, eh, that's all right, but that's not for me. That's not for me. Guess what? I've got a new one here for you too. And I'm going to ask you, taste it again. Now that you've been through some stuff, see what it tastes like. Try it. And for those of you who are here for the first time, 
and you've never ever ever made a decision to follow Jesus but say Mo I need comfort I need strength I need guidance I need Jesus I need a shepherd I need the blood to wash over me and the stripes to have meaning for those of you who need that symbol in your life today I personally want to give you this candy cane so if you could come and stand right in front of me I'm gonna come down I'm gonna ask the following to come forward Caleb Anakin I'm gonna ask for Jada I'm gonna ask for uh, Mariah I'm gonna ask for any child who believes that prayer is powerful that prayer can change lives and I'm gonna ask you to come here and stand with the worship with the with the prayer team as they pray for people because there's nothing like the faith of a child nothing so this morning unto you a child is born unto you a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he shall be called wonderful counselor <laughs> everlasting father and prince of peace so if the if the prayer team could come we just want to bless these people and don't leave without your candy cane today